Bouncing ball fielded at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. All right. Welcome in to another week's episode of the Front Five Football Podcast. Another week of football done. Excited for another week ahead. Audrey, let's welcome in Audrey Mallows. Audrey, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, thank you, buddy. Enjoyed a fantastic week of Thanksgiving football action. How about yourself? Likewise. What a good week. Uh, always love watching those games on Thursday. And I think I said there might have been a Saturday game. But there was no Saturday football this week, but I think there's some Saturday football coming up. Love this part of the year. Holidays, NFL, getting ready for playoffs, seeing how things are shaking down. And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it was a good week for you with the Buffalo Bills getting a big win. Absolutely. Yep. You got to love a Thanksgiving win. Now our, our team or our quarterback has won in all three Thanksgiving time slots. So happy days and go Bills. <laughs> oh, it's a fake. Direct snap. Boswell throws and it is caught by Bill in the waiver for a touchdown. All right. Jumping into the first segment here, we're going to talk about injuries and injuries to the offensive line. We'll start in the AFC. Audrey, any notables this week uh, from an offensive line standpoint in the AFC? Thank you, Colton. Yeah, I've got a few to note this week. Going to start off with the uh, Bills. Left tackle Dion Dawkins is out with an ankle injury, suffered against the Lions. We have Chiefs guard Joe Tunney. He also has an ankle injury and is expected back in week 14. Chargers tackle Trey Pipkins III aggravated a lingering injury um, in the game on Sunday um, and is questionable to play this week. Dolphins tackle Teron Armstead is out with a pectoral injury um, and they've said that he should play again this year but there's no specific date as to when he's going to be back so that's obviously a a big loss there at uh, left tackle for the Miami Dolphins and finally I have new England Patriots tackle Isaiah Wynn is questionable with a leg injury. How about the NFC sir? Yes and jumping into the NFC I'm going to start with uh, I've got a few injuries to note here Um, Arizona Cardinals DJ Humphreys offensive tackle Number 74 played his college ball in, in Florida. He will be out the remainder of the year due to his back injury, according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Um, now to note, you know, both of the two top offensive linemen are on the IR uh, for the Arizona Cardinals offense with Rodney Hudson, uh, the veteran being placed on the IR a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, you could probably say that, uh, at four and eight Cardinals are, are, uh, you know, cashing it in on their 2022 campaign. But jumping down to the Atlanta Falcons, offensive tackle Elijah Wilkinson uh, as of Wednesday, working out a, a knee injury and was designated to return. So that's good news. I'm curious to see if he's going to play this week. That's an offensive uh, line that's playing for the Falcons who are, or you know, working toward a playoff push uh, with a wide open NFC South, frankly. So curious to see if that uh, return of a, a top offensive tackle uh, helps them. And then jumping down, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my third injury here, and it's, you know, same NFC South. You've got uh, Tristan Wirfs is is listed out. He was that first-round pick out of Iowa just a few years ago, and I expected to miss three or four weeks And as he left uh, Sunday's 23-17 20, uh, loss to the Browns early in the game, according to Ian Rappaport. And that'll be interesting because that's, like I said, NFC South is wide open. So we'll see if those injuries can help or, or hurt those teams. And then I do got a note. It sounds like the Detroit Lions are probably cashing it in. They had uh, four offensive linemen who were listed as questionable this week. So three of their best offensive linemen, uh, Frank Ragnow, Penny Sewell, 
Jonah Jackson were all listed as questionable, and then Evan Brown as well. So that's it for the uh, NFC. I had to throw that one in there. Um, but uh, it's funny how the offense, uh, how the injuries get listed late in the season like this. But uh, we will uh, head on to the next segment here. Fake to Martin, then a dump, and it is juggled and caught by Jumbo Elliott. All right, and jumping over to our favorite part each week, we're going to talk about the best, we're going to talk about the worst, and the honorable mentions, and we will start with the AFC, Audrey. Thank you, Colton. Yes, I'm going to go back to our cheeky little sandwich, I think, this week. So going to start with my honourable mention this week, and it goes to the New York Jets. Can't believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but they they do seem to uh, have a reasonable offensive line this year and, and played well with their backup quarterback in last week. So only gave up one sack for seven yards, had 158 rushing yards, no penalties, 58% on third down. And I've actually uh, made notes here, so uh, just uh, maybe correcting myself a little bit here, but they've got a decimated O-line at the moment. So um, they've got a lot of journeymen playing on that offensive line, including tackle Dwayne Brown and guard Lakin Tomlinson. Now on to my worst of the week, and it's the Houston Texans, giving up five sacks for 41 yards, only one penalty to be fair, but 15% on third down, only 36 rushing yards. and They are without their starting centre, Justin Britt, who does bring seven years of experience to that O-line. And they also have a rookie guard in Kenyon Green starting as well at left guard. So uh, that obviously (laughs) mounting those up, that's probably why they're playing so badly. And finally, we have my best of the week, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Only one sack for two yards, only one penalty. Now listen to this for a total number of rushing yards. A lot of that admittedly came on the, the last play in overtime, but 200 and 83 rushing yards in one game. Now, we all know that's not just going to be on the running back. As talented as their running back is, a lot of that is going to be down to those big guys up front clearing holes for him. They had 578 yards of total offense, 57% on third down. Players I've not mentioned before from the Raiders because I know I have had them in our mentions before. So giving a shout out to a couple of guards that I've not mentioned, Dylan Parham and Alex Bars and also their centre, Andre James, for that massive performance, uh, racking up 283 rushing yards. Just saying it again to put it out there. How's the NFC looking last week? Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, lots of lots of rushing yards there. Uh, Going to do the sandwich as well. Start with my honourable mention. Been doing that a few weeks here, and this week goes to the Detroit Lions in their loss. Very solid performance by the Lions' offence, and their specifically their offensive line. That Thanksgiving Day game against the Buffalo Bills, uh, 28 to 25, nice close one. But I mentioned it earlier, just about everyone is listed questionable for this upcoming week on that uh, Lions offense. But uh, against a strong Bills squad, they manage a balanced attack, uh, 96 yards rushing, 240 yards passing, 6 of 15 on third down. But what was extremely impressive to me and why they probably got bumped to my honorable mention was on fourth down, they were three of three. So perfect on fourth down, which they went for often in that game. And that's a lot of credit to the offensive line, which this is a really impressive offensive line. And I hope that they're not cashing it. I hope they're all going and, and playing the rest of this year and get some more time together and stay competitive. But a lot of credit should definitely be given to the front five in this strong effort, despite the loss. Jumping down to the worst of my week and another team that clearly lost. Uh, and that's the Green Bay Packers in their 33 to 40 loss uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Though it was a seven point difference in the game, they were dominated. 
I don't know where to start. I guess on a positive note, the Packers were one of one on fourth down. But outside of that, uh, not much to write home about. Awful game, large part due to their subpar offensive line play. They did manage 340 yards of total offense, uh, but much of that was in garbage time. Um, but landing at the worst of the week is due to on third down just being one of seven. So one of seven on third down, pretty awful. Uh, they had two offensive line penalties. Three sacks were given up to their quarterbacks. Um, they pretty bad time of possession, just 24 minutes in a, in a regular game. Um, worst part for Green Bay, and another reason why they're my worst for the week, is because of the fact that Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, and Bakhtiari, their four best offensive line, played in all 49 snaps. And in fact, this was the third week in a row that all four of those players have been healthy and active and they played in each snap in those three games, and they're not doing a whole lot for that offense. So that's one of the reasons my uh, uh, this week the Green Bay Packers were my worst. Uh, but jumping down to the best, don't want to spend too much time on the worst. The best is actually the opponent in that game. Explosive game from the offensive line. You said earlier 200 and some rushing yards. How about 363 yards on the ground by the Philadelphia 10-1 and Eagles? Yes, 363 yards by the Eagles, over 500 yards of total offense, 8 of 15 on third down, 2 of 3 on fourth down, uh, just one penalty by the offensive line, and, and they controlled the clock with over 35 minutes of time of possession. 29 total first downs in this game by Philly. Wow. Uh, though the score was close, as I mentioned, they dominated the Green Bay Packers defense. Uh, this offensive line stacked with guys like uh, Lane Johnson, who's veteran first-round pick, fourth overall. In 2013, um, you've got Jason Kelsey, uh, obviously veteran, but people might not know it. Sixth round pick uh, out of Cincinnati, 191st pick overall in 2011. Uh, and then the third guy anchoring that offensive line, Jordan Malatata, you know, who went in uh, last round uh, of a 2018 draft at 233rd overall. Didn't even play college football. I think we mentioned him earlier in the year. He, he uh, you know, was a rugby guy, but uh, awesome performance. And I will note, that Jason Kelsey has played in 99% of the snaps this year for the Eagles. So awesome performance by the Eagles. That rounds out my best, my worst, and my honorable mention of the week. And uh, we'll jump over to the next segment. Roll, let it roll. Great clock rolling again, third and goal. Play fake, and then wide, wide open. Anthony Costanzo on a tackle eligible. <laughs> out here like this tackle eligible there is no eligible receiver on the line of scrimmage and watch this dance this may be the best one i've ever seen all right and on to the final segment here going to start with the uh the games we're looking forward to next week uh this upcoming week and then uh going to talk a little bit about some things that we've uh put together data wise and, and how it's kind of uh, stacked up for our honorable mention, our best and our worst. And, and uh, we'll start with the AFC Audrey upcoming games week 13. Any notables? Yes, indeed. And again, I've uh, followed probably a little bit of your pattern because my games heavily feature teams from the AFC West. In fact, I've got three of them. Um, so the first one up is the Chargers versus the Raiders. That's definitely one I'm looking forward to. And then we have... Um, what should be a real doozy, and that is the uh, Chiefs versus the Bengals. That's going to be a game of, you got one O-line that's been playing really well this year for the Chiefs, and then we've got Bengals who seem to be starting to put it together, plus they've got people coming back um, at skill positions from injuries as well. So be really interesting to see how that shakes up and to see which O-line gets the better of the, the opposing D-line. 
Thank you, Audrey. Yeah, and I, and I will say I'm looking forward to the Thursday night game as well in the AFC Patriots and 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 uh, Bills. I know you being a Bills fan, you might not mention them just so you don't sound like a favorite. But that that should be a good game as well. Two playoff contenders there. Uh, but NFC gonna start with a. Uh, Two teams that probably aren't going to make the playoffs, but one of the oldest rivalries in sports, Green Bay Packers versus Chicago Bears. Noon game for Central Time here on Sunday. Then another AFC or NFC matchup, Washington Commanders, New York Giants. Another great division rivalry, uh, Washington and New York. So looking forward to that game. Both teams are, are fighting for a playoff spot, potentially catch Philly and win the division or get a wild card there. That whole team is, that whole division is in contention, uh, NFC East. And then the NFC South rivalry. It must be a, a rivalry week of, uh, of divisional opponents, but we've got NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. And it's funny. It sounds like the, the Bucks have been awful against the Saints since Tom Brady's gotten there. So that should be a good game on Monday night. Two teams that can win their division. It's a wide open division. So that's the, uh, NFC, uh, games this week. And, and, uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to watching those as well, Audrey. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that game between the, the Saints and the Bucks, that's definitely going to be one because as you mentioned there, the, the, uh, all-star quarterback for the Buccaneers ha- hasn't had much luck against the Saints. So uh, I think that may be turned around in their previous meeting, but it'll be interesting to see because that's, that Saints defense does tend to be, um, really good against the Buccaneers. But I think that'll move us nicely onto the last topic, which hopefully we can sort of round off in about five minutes just to try and keep on track. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's start with uh, your side, Audrey. We, we, we took some time to go back and we wanted to look at all of the teams that we've chosen and, and stack them up for, for best, worst and honorable mentions. And like myself, I'm sure you kind of realize some things and it's got us thinking that, you know, this conversation we're going to have here today can probably go in a lot of directions. And we're probably going to mention this on, on more than just this podcast, uh, maybe off season talk about uh, what we found after the end of the season. So Audrey, start in the uh, AFC. What, how did things stack up for you? Well, I did notice that there's one team which hasn't made it into any of the, the rankings. So uh, for myself, that is. So they haven't made it to the, the best. They've not been the worst. They've not even been an honorable mention. They've appeared in the injuries, including today. And that is the New England Patriots. But they do have a very solid O-line. But the problem is for me this year, um, they've just not excelled. But they've also not been the worst. So, um, yeah, interesting to see that they're a team that I haven't mentioned at all this year. But then there are some others, which I'm, I know a lot of others would have as their, some of their top O-lines. Um, two teams that I've uh, mentioned quite a few times or a couple of times is the Los uh, Angeles Chargers. Mentioned them a couple of times, both as my best and an honorable mention. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs have had a total of five positive mentions. So they've either been in the best or the honorable mentions five out of the 12 weeks so far so um, it just goes to show you how great that O-line is playing and I know I'm not alone there are pundits out there that have also said how good the Chiefs O-line is this year and as I've mentioned before that is a scary prospect for everyone else how about in the NFC yeah thank you uh it's funny about the Patriots I had a team as well that kind of flew under the radar so to speak never got mentioned best never got mentioned worst or honorable mention that was the Atlanta Falcons which surprisingly from what I can see is they're listed as like a a second tier offensive line unit out of like you know first second third and fourth tier so Atlanta Falcons also flew under the radar for me but my best it kind of stacked up Uh, I had a lot of teams uh there were I think nine teams that were listed as my best uh on Nine of the 16 NFC teams were listed as my best on, on certain weeks. And the Dallas Cowboys were my only team listed best multiple times. And, and in fact, they've been listed four times as my best. 
Um, and that includes Philly this week, uh, getting my best this week, which arguably Philly has the best offensive line. But then you look at honorable mention and same thing. I had 10 teams listed as honorable mentions of this year. Three of them went to, uh, or three picks, three weeks went to the 49ers. So the 49ers have been, and they've been a good offensive line. They're listed as a second tier. Uh, offensive line as well. Uh, something I did notice looking at the best in the honorable mentions is every team that's kind of listed in the, the first and second tiers for the NFC uh, were at least once listed as an honorable mention of the best. So that was good to know. Uh, but then looking at the worst, I've got uh, just uh, seven teams or so that were listed as my worst each week. Multiple teams that were listed on two weeks. Uh, Packers, Buccaneers, Saints, and Rams all got listed two times. And one thing I noticed is like the seller dwellers, according to some of the things I'm looking at, Tier four for offensive line, you've got like Bears, Giants, and Rams, according to some of the stuff I was looking at for this year. And I never listed the Bears as a worst, and I never listed the Giants as a worst, but I did have the the Rams on there two times. So it's interesting. It's funny how some of the teams kind of fly under the radar. They're just good enough to not be like standing out as our worst on the metrics that we look at each week. Um, I know, you know, we've talked about this and we kind of look at, you know, balanced rushing attack in, in passing. Um, no penalties on the offensive line, not as many sacks or no sacks, good third down percentage, good time of possession. Like we kind of look at these things that, Hey, if a team is doing this really well, that means the offensive line has to be doing well. And so it's funny how some of these teams get under the radar, but, uh, Audrey, you know, after hearing the NFC, any thoughts from the NFC? I think it's interesting, like you mentioned, the uh, the teams that maybe the fact well the fact that you've actually had a, a good varied range. So I don't know. It, it's interesting how we're both interpreting the stats because I've got teams that have appeared a lot and often. Um, for example, the Chiefs and the Bills have have had um quite a few positive mentions. Um, and then for me, like the Colts have had like three negative mentions, but yours seems to be a lot more varied. So for me, that's just interesting. And it how we're both interpreting the same data maybe slightly differently along with the the game film and things so yeah it's a it's eye-opening and and maybe i i need to either change the way i'm doing it or maybe there's there's something that i'm missing when i'm going through the stats or hey maybe i'm right you're wrong who knows (laughs) absolutely well i will say that since you've got the bills as one of your most that's probably, you know, I guess it could be some, uh, some, some bias there, but, um, I've had my Packers as, you know, two of the worst. So that's probably a bias as well because they're having an awful season. But no, I think it's, you know, I think it's a combination and, and it's, it's, there's things that stick out. And I think it could be that maybe in the AFC, there's not, there's a lot more consistent dominant players where like the NFC, you got teams that are supposed to be the top tier, second tier teams like the Eagles, but they're having penalties in some weeks and they've, you know, they've given up more sacks and they're, they're, uh, you know, uh, rushing and it might not have been as balanced. So, you know, there's a lot of things that could play into it of why, you know, for example, like the Eagles aren't popping out for me when they're probably supposed to be one of the best offensive lines. So yeah, no, it, it is, it is interesting how that all shakes down and we'll dive into it deeper on other shows and, and at the end of the year, probably have a podcast just about that. So any other thoughts, Audrey, before we let our listeners, uh, hear enough of us this week if i'm honest i think that probably is about enough from both of us and and about time to wrap it up perfect well uh thank you for listening this week 12 weeks down week 13 coming up and uh uh, have a good week of football and like audrey says go bills barber interception mcgarrett Ward remains the back for josh freeman freeman whoops throws that's a touchdown Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play.